Hey friends, Kylie here, your host of Dream On with Kylie O'Miller, back for another episode with another star in the lacrosse world, fellow New Balance athlete, and an awesome person all around. Thank you as always for tuning in. These episodes are recorded from a live Zoom webinar that I hold through the KO17 Lacrosse app and are constructed into this Dream On podcast that you have found here. I hope you are gaining some insight from these episodes from some of the people that I've met throughout my lacrosse journey that have imposed so much of their wisdom on me. We've got another really special guest this week, and I'm pumped to get right into it. Rob Pinnell is one of the most well-known players in the sport of lacrosse, one of the most known faces with some of the most show-stopping moves. He started off as somebody that I went to YouTube highlight videos of to watch how he attacked the cage, wanting to really emulate his style as a young player myself. And now he is someone that I can call a peer and a friend in the lacrosse world. In this episode, we chat through where his prove-people-wrong mindset originated, some of the moments in his lacrosse journey that he continues to be grateful for today, and how he truly reached the great heights that he has in the sport and even beyond it. Excited for you all to take some of RP3's wisdom from this episode, as I know I definitely did. Let's get into it. Good to go. Welcome to Dream On Live. Um, thank you so much for being here, taking some time out of your busy schedule. I know that you're super busy to be here um, oh, and hang cool. out with us, our KO17 Lacrosse fam. And this will also be recorded as a podcast episode too. So thank you for those of you who are tuning in um, later on, listening to this as a podcast. We have one Love of it. the best in the world here with us. <laughs> and I know you're oh, all frazzled right now. So we'll maybe. <laughs> maybe I maybe I used to be. I don't know about it anymore, but yeah, oh. I'm, I'm old. Oh please, let's be let's be real here. <laughs> I we saw you dodging through all those uh the mazes and everything like that on that New Balance freeze. Yeah, I'm looking but, forward to seeing that. I know I'm pumped about that too. That's soon. That's soon. Um, but for those of you who don't know. Um, Rob Pinnell is here with us today and he is just, again, like I said, one of the all time greatest in the sport, someone that I'm embarrassed now that we're friends to admit that I used to watch his highlights to be able to get better myself. Um, but that was kind of a Joe Spelina thing, but also kind of a me you thing. Were, you were ahead of your time with that. I feel there like that's, uh, that's common now. <laughs> there you go. So, um, I'm, say, I'm not saying for me, I'm saying for for women watching men's highlights to bring to their game. So you were, you were ahead of your time in that regard. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. It's definitely something that um, I push with these girls and anybody listening. Um, I think it's so important, right? Like I think there's so many crossovers between the two games that we can definitely get into. Um, But a little bit about Rob before we start, he's a professional lacrosse player in the PLL for the Atlas. Um, We played for the lizards for a couple of years as well. Um, He went to Cornell. He is a Torton Award winner. Um, he's a multi-year all-star, uh, gold medal winner, Team USA, um, all the accolades. He's a New Balance Warrior athlete. That's what we were just talking about with our New Balance Freeze shoot. Um, he's the founder of Attack Academy as well. So just like we have the KO17 Lacrosse app, there's an Attack Academy app as well. And Rob himself is the Kylie of that one. Um, and all the other... <laughs> all the other things. So I'm just like super excited to have you here, dive into, you know, what makes you, you, and thank you for being here and hanging out with us. Awesome. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me on. Excited to, uh, to be here and that we can make this work. 
Awesome. Um, yeah. So what I know that we do like all of these different interviews and things like that. And a lot of times we just hop right into lacrosse questions. Um, but we like to start off on a good note here with our dream on, um, episodes. So three quick questions that I'm going to ask you just kind of like diving a little bit deeper, how you are doing today. Um, but one, something that you are thankful for today, what would that be, Rob? Oh, what am I thankful for today? Um, man, that's a great question. So much going on today that my head's been in so many places. Um, I feel yeah. I am trying to think of something positive that happened today. That <laughs> it was I can be today. thankful to for. Um, I don't know. I'll ask you the next one. I'll come back to it. All right. Um, See, it's a good question. You know, that's a good question. It is a good question. You know, um, what is something? <laughs> what do you think is something that you're um so you said you did a lot today something that you're proud to say that you accomplished today proud to say that i accomplished today um i helped a friend in need um who was moving and he asked for my assistance and i was there for him and gave him help so um i i'm proud to say that i helped a friend today uh not every day you can say that no, that's true. You could be thankful for that too today, you know. I was gonna say that, but I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know how to phrase it. Thankful that I had a. I have friends that are uh, useful of my services. Yeah, know. there you go. <laughs> no. <laughs> useful of your help, your friendship, your time, your services. I love that it. That are com uh, comfortable enough to ask me for help. You know, I think that's that's important. You know, that says a lot about your friendship with someone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Awesome. That's really cool. And last but not least, looking a little bit less into today, but a little bit more into the future, something that you're pumped to go out and chase might be tomorrow, might be this week, next coming months, something that you're pumped. Uh, yeah, I've got a project in the works, which you know a little bit about, which is day by day becoming uh, evolving more and more. And uh, I'm excited to, you know, whether that's in a month or two months or three months to, um, to get this out there. I think something that, uh, as we discussed, really isn't being offered and something that um, I think will allow the cross players to uh, bring their understanding of what it takes to be their very best off the field uh, to a next level. You know, on the field is one thing, but uh, what you need to do off the field is certainly another thing, as we both know. So I'm excited for this to, uh, to develop and uh you know it's, it's been fun getting started and be fun to see where it goes yeah how's the process going i know it's got a lot of uh um i guess like behind the scenes work to get into it so i know it's nutrition based right um yeah it's nutrition and strength and conditioning based so uh i think the fun part about it is that it's a new project so it's always evolving and there's all you know every day uh, we meet and, and we talk about it. New ideas come up and ways in which we can make it better and streamline it for more people. Um, so it's good. But I think when you when you think about what we're going to be offering people with regards to taking care of their body more and um, just allowing them to become a better athlete in ways that they you don't really think about as a kid. You know, you're never really thinking about your nutrition. You're never thinking about um, 
strength and conditioning that much or mobility and flexibility and uh, your mindset and things that you can do during the week in the off season leading up to the game game day that uh that can really have a big impact and um it's something i wish i did earlier in my career but it only took me until i was 30 to maybe figure it out <laughs> hey everybody's got a different timeline right <laughs> That's very <all>. true <laughs> and i'm pretty sure you have been pretty successful up until this point without it so um whatever you've been doing has been working too um so can you start from the beginning for us um how did you get into this sport that we all know and love how did you get introduced to it yeah lacrosse was actually the last sport that I picked up I always loved sports and I loved playing every sport and uh one of my friends at the time who I played baseball and basketball with uh, gave me a lacrosse stick in his backyard his brother his older brother had played and we started throwing it around I immediately uh picked it up and I was like oh this is all this is like baseball and having a catch with a stick and I, I picked it up pretty easily and, and then he's like well come to practice and check it out and I went to my first practice and just fell in love with the game and um, just the fast-paced nature of it I think going from baseball and playing catcher and being behind home plate to lacrosse where I was ironically behind the cage from day one and playing X attack and but just to have so many different aspects of so many of the sports that I played into one was really something that drew me to lacrosse and it's why I love playing it ever since. Um, I love that you said that you were in the quarterback position from, from the get go. Um, I, that's something we don't have in common, but we do now. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's really cool to, to know um, that you were like from the get go that it was, that something that came from the other sports that you played. You just like felt natural back there. Um, or do you think like it was just, I don't know, just part of your nature. You wanted to be back there and just like, as the, as the QB, um, like I, what brought I, you to the X position? Yeah, I think it originated from being a point guard in basketball. That's definitely what it was. And just kind of, um, being in control of the offense and being aware of where people are and being able to set up the play and, and know how people move off ball, et cetera. Um, I was just comfortable back there from really early on in a career and understood, uh, you know, dodging and attacking the goal and, you know, shooting back at the goal as opposed to shooting at the goal. Um, so it came really easy. And I think I just enjoyed really early on the assist side of the game. My dad always told me that an assist is just as important as a goal. And um, I really took it to heart and lacrosse from an early age and always enjoyed quarterbacking from X and making that assist to someone who scored rather than being the one who actually put it in the goal. Love that. That is something we have in common. Apples are um, almost more satisfying, right? Um, they are. They are to me. They are yeah. to me. I'll take it, take it over a goal any day. Me too. I'm with you there. Um, I love it. I mean, we, we both grew up on Long Island as well. Um, something we also have in common, obviously heavily like, populated with lacrosse players, right? Super popular um, sport uh, in the area, which we can't say about a lot of the people who might be listening here, right? Like it's just kind of like a way of life here. Um, what do you think like you did when you were younger that you would say that made you kind of stand out from everybody else that was, that was also playing lacrosse on Long Island? Like what made you stand out from the crowd? I think one of the biggest things was just my investment in my stick skills and, and left and right hand. Um, 
I looked at myself physically and I wasn't the strongest or fastest guy. So I had, you had to figure out other ways to differentiate yourself in order to continue to play at a high level. And for me, that was, okay, I need to be able to go lefty just as good as I do righty. And it's something that I invested in at an early age in like sixth grade and um, started an indoor where my dad was like, why don't you just put the stick in your left hand for the entire indoor season? Who cares if you're not scoring? Who cares if you're throwing bad passes? Because the next one will be that much better to get to where you want to go. Um, So I started doing that. I was in my backyard every day. Um, but I really broke down, you know, switch from the right hand to a left hand. And I would take the stick in my right hand, see how I was holding the stick, where are my feet placed? How is my follow through? And then I'd switch to my left and just really slowly go over it and then gradually build up speed within that. And uh, eventually it got to the point where I, uh, I felt just as comfortable going lefty as I do righty. And I think I probably go to my left side more today than I do to my, to my right side. Um, definitely better at shooting on the run lefty which is kind of weird but uh interesting yeah 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 it's something I invested in and I think it was I certainly wouldn't be here talking to you today if I hadn't have done that that's a really great way to put that um I think you know it's something that like obviously yourself and myself we work with a lot of young players out there and it's something that we definitely both take pride in um I think it kind of like starts from our position because we do have to attack both sides of the cage Right. Um, But I think that's where we kind of recognize how important it is. But it's something that I know personally and now knowing a little bit about how you attack your style as well. Like we're definitely trying to instill that in young players. Right. Strong right hand, strong left hand. Something that I always say is like the best compliment that you could get on the lacrosse field would be from someone who's never seen you play before. And if they said, hey, I have no idea if that girl or guy is a righty or left. Right. Like that's the best compliment you could get about your stick work is if they have no idea what your strong hand is. hundred percent, especially when you're in college and the opposing team uh, thinks you're scouting you as that opposite hand. I remember getting some text messages from some friends being like, Hey, we had you as a lefty on the scouting report today. And I was like, ah, that's great. I was like, keep it that way. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm a lefty. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's something that's never happened to me. So that's a cool, that's a definitely a cool story. (laughs) Wow. People recruited, uh, sorry, scouted you as a lefty. That's yeah. It happened a few times too. Uh, It happened, you know, one time my buddy actually texted me, like I had to switch to scouting report today. And then I remember just playing games where the defenseman would literally be guarding me, letting me go to my right. And I was like, do they think I'm a lefty? (laughs) And, uh, and sure enough, I just, uh, you know, I just take, take what you're given almost at that point. And, uh, yeah, so it happened a few times, and uh, it was good. Yeah, that's that's a great way to great way to do it. I mean, probably the best story that you could have for having a dual threat and as a right and a left hand there. Um, yeah, <laughs> definitely made me feel good about my younger self. Yeah, there you go. Like it, the hard work pays off, right? Um, when the when the scouting report comes back and you get to go to your right hand all day long, yeah. uh, love that for you. But, um, so I think like you mentioned a lot about like your younger self and you said that you wouldn't be here today, like where you are as a lacrosse player without some of those, um, traits that you instilled in, like in your work ethic and things like that. Um, what do you think that you learned about like going a little bit later into your journey, your recruiting process? Like, what do you, what was that like? What what was that story like for you? Um, and what were some of the, I think, lessons that you learned from, from your recruiting process and trying to get to the, to the spot that you were in your collegiate career? 
my recruiting process was certainly different than uh, what most people think my recruiting process was like being, uh, you know, where I am in the sport today. A lot of people think that I just probably had my choice of anywhere and um, it was quite the opposite. So um, what did I learn from that process? I mean, I, I think I, le I learned that, um, you know, if you want to reach your goals in life, you really have to invest in yourself. And um, if that means taking an extra year of school to get recruited um, and by exploring all avenues possible to get to where you want to go, then by all means, you must do that. You have to really understand how how bad you want something. Like I knew like from when I started playing lacrosse, like I was sitting in front of my TV watching Final Fours with my stick in hand, going out to my backyard during halftime and um, you know, getting a new stick on the Final Four one year with the guys on the field we're using. And I, and I just remember, I was like, I want to be that guy and I want to be out there competing for a national championship. And I wanted to make sure that I you know, exhausted all options possible to do that. So, um, you know, I am lucky that my parents invested in me and, you know, my uncle and, and my family invested in, in that journey and saw it out with me because if they hadn't, and if I hadn't, I, you know, I, once again, I wouldn't be here because I would have played lacrosse at, you know, a, a probably a lower division one school, maybe even division three or division two, and certainly wouldn't have got to, you know, the recognition to get to where I am today. So, um, I think that's the number one is like investing in yourself and, and, and with that believing in yourself, because it's, if you don't think you can do it, or if you, you know, you think it's not going to happen, then it's probably not going to, but, you know, if I had stopped believing in myself after my senior year of, of high school and kind of just threw in the towel and said, all right, I'm supposed to go to Quinnipiac. I'll just go there and, and see it out and, and whatever, you know, graduate and, and, you know, then that's what would have happened. But I really wanted to play at the highest level. And uh, taking an extra year of high school was something that I had no idea even existed. And it was something that I uh, got really lucky there as well and getting a, an extra bed. And, and I did that. And, you know, it, it paid off by uh, a few schools looking at me then and Cornell took a chance on me and I got really lucky there. Um, they were the last school to, to recruit me. Um, committed in November of my fifth year and went there and, and the rest is history. But I, I think if you don't believe in yourself and you don't invest in yourself, then there's really nothing that you can do. Uh, there's nothing, you're really not gonna go where you wanna go. I think that's really important that you do that. Such a cool story. Like you said, nobody would really look at you now and think about that, right? And I think that's important for people to know um, that there is a journey and a story behind all of it. And um, I think it's really important also that you said to believe in yourself, whatever your dreams might be. Um, and I also do want to know a little bit about your time at Cornell. I know you, you mentioned that that was your dream, right? And you did everything possible uh, to get there. And then you got there. Um, and like you said, the rest is history. So for me, that was, you know, watching your YouTube highlights and I know what was going on on the field, but like, what was, what were some of your, you know, favorite memories from your four years there? Like, uh, some of your favorite games, maybe some of, um, you know, a piece of advice you might've taken from a coach, um, something that you really took from those, those years at Cornell that made all that hard work. And that extra year of high school and all those, all that believing in yourself really work it, worth it. 
Yeah, well, I, you know, I learned that when you get there, the hard work is just beginning. So, <laughs> you know, that that was a lot of it. But I think the coolest moment for me was going through what I went through. And listen, I, it's lacrosse, it's uh, it's playing college sports. It's it's not, uh, you know, there's a lot bigger problems in the world than not being able to achieve your life goal of playing division one lacrosse, right? A lot of people dealing with other things, but uh, in going what, you know, in high school, you know, it does seem like the biggest thing in the world. So at the time going through what I went through and, and not being recruited and not understanding why and having to take an extra year um, of high school and you know, all your friends are off at college and then playing lacrosse. Um, prior to that, you know, I, I didn't make varsity as a freshman. I was being cut from club programs. Um, and it wasn't because I had a lack of skill. It was just like, you know, I was, I wasn't a big imposing physical player. I, I made, you know, the game looked very simple of just doing my job and, and doing it well. So uh, to finally get to where I wanted to go, which I never really wanted to go to Cornell or an Ivy League school. It was, uh, I wanted to go Virginia, um, you know, ACC type school because I didn't know if Cornell would ever be in that position, right? Um, you know, granted, as I was being recruited, they were they made the final four in 07, which was my senior year of high school quarterfinals in 08. And uh, running out onto the field uh, my freshman year, starting at attack and, and playing against Virginia in the Final Four, which was my dream school, is uh, probably my, you know, it's definitely my best memory in lacrosse. And, um, you know, we won that game. And you know, I just remember after that being in the hotel that night and the next day, and um, just like bizarre that you're heading to a national championship game. Uh, in your future freshman year and, and just kind of what my parents were there and, you know, it gets emotional with them and stuff. And cause they, they were there, they're along for everything and they feel it twice as hard as you do. So um, that was my best memory. And, you know, we won't talk about what happened in the championship game, but uh, I, I do believe that what happened in that championship game, you know, fueled me for the years to come. Um, you know, and I've said this multiple times, but like, I, I think if we won that game on Monday, I, I probably wouldn't be here again in front of you because I, I wouldn't have worked as hard and I wouldn't have been as driven um, to get back to that game, which I never did. Um, you know, went to two more Final Fours, but never made it back to, to get a chance to win it on Monday. And in a way that kind of still drives me today, it's still something I think about very, uh, you know, not as much as I used to, but pretty often. And, um, you know, I, I look at that as one of my best memories at Cornell. I, I look at breaking my foot as another one. Um, the challenges that that provided and, you know, how it made me stronger as a person and, and mentally um, had to deal with things that I wasn't used to dealing with at a time in my career where I was at my best. And, um you really learn a lot about yourself there. And um, it was something along the way that made me a better person, a better teammate um, for that next year. And we went back to the final four and uh, in my fifth year. So, you know, besides that, I think you talked about the work, right. And investing in the team. And, uh, you know, I wake up now early and everyone's like, how do you do that? And, you know, you know, traveling up at five or, you know, work out at 6am. Um, well, I did it in college a bunch, and it's those memories that 
I think about being there and freezing cold, running a mile and uh, practicing outside at 7 a.m. on, you know, during the fall or but those things that really you remember is not so much the wins and the losses. Um, those are great, but uh, the, the work that leads up to it is often the most rewarding and the things that uh, you remember the most. So uh, those are the few things. And I was just, I was very lucky. We had a lot of, uh, a lot of great teams and we won a lot of games and that made my experience as a whole uh, a lot, a lot better and a lot easier because uh, I'm a pretty competitive person. So if it, if, it, if we weren't winning that many games, it definitely would have been more difficult. And I think uh, to go off what you said, all that work and all the behind the scenes stuff obviously took you to those, that level to be able to win all those games and be able to enjoy your experience. Right. So it's kind of like a full circle situation. All the work that you put in is, is the success that you get out of it. Um, but you know, I appreciate you for sharing some of those, those memories, like the highs and the lows are some of the things that you still think back on. Um, I think that's important to mention too, right? Like you don't always just remember the highs, but sometimes you remember the lows more, um, and what they taught you and they stick with you longer. Like you said, you, um, you know, you never got back to another national championship game. I personally have never made it to a final four still fuels me. Um, you know, and I will never be able to go do that again, and, but we have bigger things to accomplish, but it's still going to fuel us. Um, so I appreciate you for sharing that. Um, and I think, you know, in a, in a sense of, I, I'm getting like a very, and I knew this about you, but you know, I, I'm getting a very like prove people wrong type of sense from you. And I think it comes from a lot of those lows, right. And a lot of like feeling what the highs feel like too. Do you think that comes from those experiences or you think that's like just the natural competitor and you like do you think it's um you know I think there's a question that I always found really interesting to think about right like the leadership qualities does are you born as a great leader or are you do you kind of develop those leadership qualities as you go through life right it's kind of the same same kind of situation here like were you born with this like competitive sense and wanting to prove people wrong or um, was it kind of something that you, you kind of took in along the way? Yeah, I think it's a combination. I, I think I was, I had no choice but to be competitive in the family that I, that I was born into. So, uh, you know, my dad's the most competitive person I know uh, after myself but I get it from him. So I guess by default, it's him. And, you know, to this day, we'll, you know, we'll be playing golf or I'll be playing golf and he'll be like, how'd you do? And, you know, he just, it's, it like matters to him. And it's just really, you know, you can imagine what it was like playing lacrosse and, and, and him growing up. It was never what I did well. It was always what I could have done better. And I think he instilled that in me, but there were, and honestly to a fault because it that does get exhausting if you're never proud of what you do and it's almost you know, like you said a great you made a great point with um the wins you get over and they're they're gone and you don't really even think about them because whatever who cares but the losses are the ones that annoy you and and you know drive you because they frustrate you and you think about them more and um don't sleep at night whatever it may be um so that was just like, um, um, that was something that I'm grateful that he did. 
and um, you know, it, it, like I said, it did get exhausting because even now it's like if something good happens, it's expected, and you almost can't even enjoy it. And you know, I I think I've tried to change that later in my career, and you know, enjoy the process more, enjoy that those wins more, and and be a little more relaxed when it comes to losing and it's not easy but you know it's it's at some point when you've done as much as you know you or I have done you have to start you have to loosen up a little bit and uh, I think I've kind of tried to do that but um, I'd say the more prove people wrong thing definitely started earlier in my career when I wasn't making those club teams and when I wasn't looked as like you know just I was back up to you know, two of my best friends, I was the third attackman, I was looked at like the third attackman, didn't make varsity as a freshman, wasn't recruited, I'd say that's kind of where it started, and um, it kind of continued on to college, but I mean, I got more recognition in college than I, than I did in high school as a freshman, you know, to start, you know, I was all sorts of stuff that I wasn't used to happening, and um but once that happened, it wasn't good enough. I wanted more and I wanted to win more. And, and yeah, so it's, it's definitely started at a young age and has stayed with me since, since till now. But like I said, I'm trying to change a little bit for my, uh, my mental health. <laughs> mental health is important. You gotta stay sane if you're going to be playing this long, right? Um, yeah, awesome. few years left. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, talking on that, on that front as well, like you said, you've been playing for a little while now, um, you know, and post-collegiately after your years at Cornell, um, did you know that you wanted to continue to play right away? Was that something that was always in your, in your dreams? Did you know that you wanted to go full into lacrosse all time, all the time, like full career path with lacrosse? Was that something that came easy as a decision for you? Or was that a, um, a different path that you got to this journey? It came pretty easy. It's not something I knew I wanted to do. I, I knew I wanted to play pro. I, I thought it'd be fun. I grew grew up watching the Lizards and going to games and to be drafted by them and play for them was, you know, another dream of mine. And to have that come true was awesome. I didn't know if I would be coaching and doing camps and clinics and really pursuing this as a full time. So when I graduated and decided to, I was like, I'll do it for two, three years. And, uh, see how it goes but you know get into the working world after that and sure enough it's eight years later so I uh <laughs> it didn't it, it, it's still going and uh it kind of sucks you in and I, I guess it's just because of how much you know I love the sport and, and you know that and, and that's why it sucked you in and will continue to and traveling and getting to interact with kids and see the smiles on their faces is the best part of our job and uh I don't just say that because it's my job, but if, you know, it's, you know, everyone, when someone says, you know, that's got to get old, you know, signing autographs or taking pictures is like, you know, sorry, they apologize for it. I was like, you know, like it's a great problem to have. And, you know, for as long as someone wants my autograph or wants a picture and you know, wants to show up to a clinic of mine, I'll be there uh, and be there doing it. So, um, no, nah, it's been going for a while now. And, you know, I think I'll, part of me will always do something in lacrosse. Uh, I always say I don't want to coach my kids, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, right. I'll, always, I'll be in lacrosse. I'll, I'll coach them in the backyard, but I don't know if I want to coach teams. But uh, I'll be in lacrosse for for quite a while. 
I'm with you there. Uh, like you said, it kind of sucks you in. It's part of the passion of it. Um, but can you talk a little bit about like, so your lifestyle of doing lacrosse full time, like what is a daily week in your life look like? What is a daily day in your life look like for the last eight years? Yeah. Um, for the last eight years, changed a lot this year for everyone, but, um, I was in the city for seven years. So I think the reason, one of the reasons I've been able to have success is just because I prioritize lacrosse and, uh, and by that, I mean, first, my playing. So for me, my day revolves around making sure that I'm getting my workout in and um, usually in season, getting reps in on the field. So wherever that is, nothing else can go on, you know, and, and you know, meetings, whatever, anything else doesn't happen. So, uh, you know, that's a lot of it is, is my working out. And, and I've been able to stay consistent with that for, you know, quite some time now. And, you know, the daily routine changes, but the workouts are always there, um, you know, week to week, day to day, it's, it's a different, it's different for me, but you know, I'd say now it, it most looks, it mostly looks like, um, you know, at least one training session a day for about an hour, hour, 15 minutes, um, in the weight room, possibly depending on the day, a second session, which is more yoga, um, flexibility, breathing, um, which is something you'd probably love that I just started doing. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the day I spent on, you know, coordinating camps, clinics. Um, I work in the insurance industry a little bit. So uh, for my uncle in, in Garden City. So I'm in the office a few times a week. Um, so doing some of that, doing some of my own work. Um, and then the weekends, you know, it's, it's in the past, it's been a lot of traveling for camps and clinics. Um, with everything going on, it's been a little different, but we do have some stuff coming up, had some stuff in the fall, doing some stuff locally, but um, because, you know, the, the, it, for the last eight years, it's really my week, my day has revolved around my training and making sure that on game day, um, I'm the best possible player that, that I can be. Good for you. Cause that's like a real, a real professional athlete, right? And that's what our goals yeah, are. It's a privilege, honestly. It's because a lot of guys that play our sport aren't able to do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm very lucky. And, you know, we both have great sponsors and um, that allow me to do that. And it's an advantage as well. You know, these guys that aren't able to do that, um, they're at a disadvantage. And I think, you know, it's, it's really, um, you know, for us that are able to do it and more and more guys are starting able to do it it's 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 great and um you know who knows with the way the world's changed people working from home it, it'll you know they'll be able to prioritize things more as well so hopefully it's better for for lacrosse moving forward absolutely i think that's definitely been one of our goals for the sport for a long time now to be able to prioritize it the same way that a lot of these other professional sports do um so that's really awesome to hear that you prioritize your training first and lacrosse first. Cause I know that the girls listening here know that I do the same. I always have my stick in my hand and they always laugh at me for it, but it's just part of it. So uh, we can't help it. Um, but I think that, you know, goes to show you've obviously gotten to the highest level of the sport, um, not only professionally, but team USA as well. Um, you know, that being able to wear that gold medal in Israel a couple of years ago. I watched that one as well. I think it was like 3 a.m. here. Yeah. But I watched that one as well. 
Um, that was a really, really cool game to watch. Um, cool tournament to watch, but you know, can you talk about your journey to, to wearing that Jersey and what that means? And I guess how that moment felt to be able to, to wear gold. Yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot about the disappointments leading to, uh, you know, driving us and, um, making the world team in 2014, uh, when I was you know, a little younger than I am now, um, was the, a, another dream of mine. And the way the tournament started for us in 2014, it was in Denver. And um, statistically, we were the best U.S. team ever uh, in our first six games. Um, I think actually even including the seventh game, we still might have been most goals for lowest goals against. Um, and we were just running through everybody. And, you know, I, there, I, the thought of losing didn't even cross my head in the, the championship game. And we lost eight to five. And it was just like, you know, Coach Sambroni was the offensive coach who was my coach at Cornell my freshman and sophomore year. We lost the national championship. And we're like, this is our chance to finally win a championship together. Um, Coach Luca was on the staff as well, and and we lost, and it was just like you you couldn't believe it. It was just like a crazy, crazy like, change of events. And Canada played, you know, executed their game plan. So you know, the next four years were like that's all that was on my mind, and um, to sort of finally, <laughs> I mean, to talk about a mental struggle going from that, and then to Israel, you know, uh, you learn. So in 2014, it was like every game I was like, you know, I gotta, you know, be the best and I gotta, we gotta ask, you know, we gotta score a million goals. And I was like, I could care, you know, I was like, we win the game, we're gonna win the game. I was like, but I, you know, I don't care if I'm scoring or having assists. I was like, what do we need to do to be better as a team? Because one game matters and that's the last game. And then the way that game was going, I was just like, this can't be happening again. Uh, and, and honestly, we caught a, a couple lucky breaks. And, um, you know, Jeff Teep, my fellow Cornelian, hit a pipe for us that could have probably would have ended the game. And, uh, and then we got the ball back and, you know, down by one and we scored two goals and, uh, you know, to, to finally win. And it didn't matter for me. I, I took one shot in the game, which is a really interesting statistic, which many people don't believe. Uh, and I took it in the last minute. So, um, like, I wasn't, I was like, I don't need to score. I was like, whoever is going to have success. I was like, I just want to win this game. Um, you know, the ball happened to end in my stick with, you know, a couple of seconds left. And thankfully Tom put the ball on the goal, but I mean, that was, but even then when we scored, I was like, wait, was there time left? What's going on? It was like, you, and you know, uh, there's a great picture of exactly, it, it actually describes my dad uh, without a word. And it's a picture of when we scored the exact time. And it's the USA crowd cheering, like going nuts. And my dad's there just like this, <laughs> like, like, like doubting that something was going on. Um, so, um, yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, but finally achieved that goal, and uh, it was uh, it was unbelievable. And finally, you know, another thing that 
allowed me to relax. And everyone's like, how great was it? I was like, honestly, it was more of a relief than anything. So, uh, you know, it was was great to to, to get that done with. And of course, now I'd like another one. I don't know if I'm going to, might be uh, a little too old to make a third team, but uh, I'm glad I got one. And uh, going 0 for 2, I might have stayed in Israel. So. That would have been a tough place to stay. Um, <laughs> that's so funny, but that's, I mean, that's a really like inspiring story. I know it does you don't mean it to be, but um, you know, it's just part of your journey, but uh, it really is an inspiring story. And for the ball to end up in your stick at the end of the game, um, I'm sure that was a really special moment as well. Um, I get to say personally that I got to do a freeze three video shoot with the two guys that made the, the 2018 gold medal happen. So whatever. I mean, I guess I had something to do with it too. Um, I'm just kidding. The just next, definitely the next one. Definitely the next one. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, it's uh, it's a similar goal to yours for sure, but um, that's really awesome. And I can, I can definitely, um, I'm sure that your dad was ecstatic after that time ran out. <laughs> For sure, too. <laughs> probably, Steve probably still doubts it today. No, again, he's probably like, "Are you sure? You sure it went Are in? You sure that goal counted?" <laughs> no, it was awesome. I remember it was like three thirty a.m. here. Um, I had just had knee surgery like two days beforehand, so I was like needing my lacrosse fix, and you guys did it yeah. for us for the Americans. So appreciate that, and hopefully we can. <laughs> um, hopefully the women's side can can do um, their part in twenty twenty one as well. So excited have, about is that, that will that be your first game will that be so. your first game Are you, okay yeah hope so i'm yeah. confident i'm confident for you thank you for the support i appreciate yeah. that yeah. <laughs> um yeah so i think you know you talk a lot about something that i talk about as well and that's you know your passion for the game obviously and it's it's what's driven you it's what drives you every day it's you know your priority um you know in the professional world as well like what what do you think um I guess what's the best way to put this like you're one of the most name known names in the sport right what kind of responsibilities do you feel like comes with that in a sense of like pushing the sport forward growing the game per se um you know some of the things some of your goals and dreams for the sport of lacrosse both men's and women's or just even for the future generation like what kind of responsibilities do you feel to make sure that those happen? What are those, what are those goals for you? I think it first starts with the way you just conduct yourself as a, as a professional. And, um, you know, you, you want people to, you know, I, I'm, the way I look at it is I want people, you know, young players to, to look at me and, and say, I like the way that guy plays. And, um, you know, I like the way he conducts himself on the field and off the field and, uh, you know, some things I, you know, I get on the rep sometimes and, uh, but, you know, I, I would like people to say, you know, to, to think and, and look at the way that I, that I play and act um, on and off the field and, and say, you know, that's what I want to be like. And, and that's what I want to aspire to be like. And so, you know, we're, we have a, a big responsibility as, as people who younger players look up to, to hold a certain image and, you know, yes, you have to be yourself, but, you know, you have to do things the right way. And, um, you know, social media is a big thing. It's a big part of what we do. And you got to make sure that you're appropriate there and conducting yourself in a, in a positive manner and, and positive light. Um, I think that's number one. Number two, I think is just, you know, we both love to see the game get 
at the level of other sports. You know, I don't know if it will in our lifetime, but um, we can't say that we didn't try. And I think that's important because I think there's a lot of um, in lacrosse, you get some players that are all in and playing professionally and you get a lot of great players that stop playing and, you know, our sport would be better off with them. So I think we, you know, we're trying our very best to grow the game. We're traveling around the country. We're traveling to areas that people have never traveled to before to, to grow the game. And, and I think that's important. And I think if you look at what you're doing and what I'm doing on the technology side and trying to bring the lacrosse to anybody um, on the country, you know, in the country at, you know, at their fingertips um, is awesome as well. These are things that we didn't have when we were growing up and um, to have these resources for people to learn and study the game. Um, it's really then up to them to take advantage of it. And, you know, we can only do so much and, and put ourselves out there so much and people have access to that and uh, hopefully take advantage of that. And hopefully it'll allow our sport to grow into areas it hasn't grown before. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about lacrosse being in the Olympics. Um, maybe for you, uh, I'm, I'm a little too old. They're talking about 2028, but, um, but we're in the process of helping that happen right now. Right. And we're, um, involved in our, with our national team and, um, things on the side, they're going to help enhance that sport playing professionally, et cetera. So, um, you know, lacrosse is as popular as it's ever been right now. And I think that's in large part due to people um, like us that invest in it full time and are, are taking the time to do that. And I think that's something that, you know, we both can be proud of and, and, you know, moving forward, hopefully we inspire more players to, to do the same after college, maybe not jump into the working world and, um, but to take a few years and, and give it a try and see what happens. And, uh, you know, it's a nice life and it's, it's, it really is, it really is rewarding. You get to do what you love and, and you get to, you know, meet people all over and, and impact lives. And I think that's something that not many people can say about their job. Absolutely. I think you hit it perfectly there. Um, I think we both love what we do for sure. Um, and I think you also mentioned something that um, obviously is a big part of both of our lives. And that's the social media aspect of it. I have kind of a fun question for you on that one. Um, but uh, obviously like, a ton of followers, right? A ton of content, a ton of things that you're supposed to be putting out there. But what would you say is something that you want people who follow you or young kids or anybody really just to really take from who you are, like from your social media, what do you want people to look at Rob Pinnell's Instagram and be like, Oh, like, that's what he's like. What do you yeah, want? I, I think that's exactly it. I, I think it's pretty genuine. You know, I know obviously we have our sponsors and we have to post certain things, but um, nothing for me is really forced. I'm not forcing to post every day about something, um, you know, and, and I really want to give people, and this is something I tried to do from when I first started, and which is why I think people took a liking to it was I, I just posted really things that were me and my life and, my lifestyle, what I did, what I did for fun. Um, you know, I put my family on there a lot and, you know, uh, you know, my, certainly my niece and my nephew and, you know, what's important She's to me. adorable. <laughs> <laughs> They're the so best. Um, but it, it kind of just like an inside look of things that I like to do, you know, both lacrosse, but also outside of lacrosse. And um, I think that's a cool aspect of it, you know, and not every post has to have uh, intention. And 
you know, it could be just a picture you like or something that you did that day that you had fun doing, like you said, you know, or something you're thankful for. Um, you know, not every not every post has to have meaning behind it and uh, be great. But uh, social media is you know, interesting. I think today more than ever, certainly. Um, but over the years, you learn a lot about what, you know, what people like, what people don't like. And um, an interesting trend that I think today, too, is that people just consume social media and don't engage so much. Um, they kind of just scroll. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I catch myself doing it. But certainly when you're looking at someone who does it like us and uh, you can get so wrapped up in the likes and the views. And I try to, to not anymore because uh, you know, it's, it, that's not a way you want to live your life. <laughs> so it's, uh, social media is a blessing and a curse, but for the most part, it's been great and certainly allows us to do what we do. For sure. Um, blessing and a curse is, is, a, is a good way to put it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but I, I challenge you to post something that you're thankful for since that was our first question today. All right. <laughs> good deal. All right. Look for right. the coming days. <laughs> um, no stress though. No pressure. You don't want social media to be a stressor, right? I was thankful. I was thankful that it was warm today. I w- walked out of the house and you didn't have to, I wasn't freezing. That's true. So that, was, that was nice. Yeah, it's like a nice fall day. Mm-hmm, for sure. It was freezing on Halloween, so I was kind of scared that winter was coming for us, but yeah, not so quick here on Long Island. Um, awesome. So we have some quick little questions from our KO17 lacrosse family for you. Um, cool. And then my last segment here um, is called Quick Finishes. So those are some <laughs> rapid fire questions. I, I, gotta, like- I gotta work on. I gotta work on those. <laughs> The rapid fire know. ones or just your quick finish? No, ball on the field, you know, oh. but probably, probably off the field too. We'll find out. All right. So our first question is actually from Kat, who is here with us tonight. Um, and she'd like to know what your, what was your biggest motivator when it came to playing college lacrosse besides a national championship? Uh, biggest motivator to, uh, you know, to playing in college like to getting there or when I was there when you were there correct Kat when I was there so I I think the biggest thing for me and I I, I want to say it was like my teammates and because I think when you get to a point where a lot of people look at you and you know on game day a lot of you know listen if you're doing well the team's probably having success so it's a lot of pressure but it was it was a point that I, I didn't want to let my teammates down and I knew that I had taken this role on and, you know, it started early as a freshman where, you know, quarterbacking the offense and you take on a certain role. And and I didn't want, you know, I knew that people were expecting me to perform, right. It was expected, right. Right. If Rob shows up, you know, guys are going to play off of that. And um, I I think I took that to heart and I was like, all right, I need to make sure that I'm ready to go on game day. And in the off season, I'm working out in the summers and the fall so that, you know, I, can't let you know like I said it was when after a game when we won and you know Grant had a good game it was it was a relief it was like all right cool you know I could take a breath and then you know start thinking about the next game the next day but uh yeah I'd say as my teammates you know I, I I was a tough teammate a tough leader I, I held guys to high expectations but um I held myself to those same expectations and um at the end of the day I really you know if we lost I felt bad that I let them down and uh you know, tried to keep those losses to a minimum. 
Awesome. Great question, Kat. Um, our other question here would be, what is the best advice that you've received throughout your lacrosse career? Might be from a coach, a mentor, a teammate, one piece of advice that has stuck with you through. Um, you know, my high school coach always said, and, and I, I always believe in it for the most part, sometimes you do have to go out and get it. But uh, he always said that the game come to you. And such an interesting thing when you think about it, because it's not in our nature to do that. It's like, okay, we have a game, you know, let's, you know, let's get to the goal, let's score, let's, you know, and you, and you finally you do that, you're kind of forcing things and you're really not letting the game come to you. And I mean, that USA game was a perfect example of it in that, you know, I didn't take a shot and the shot I took was an okay shot. You know, I, you know, I was, it was a good look. It wasn't like I forced it and, you know, just let the game come to me. And, you know, you end up not even thinking and things just happen and opportunities present themselves. And, um, and if you do that, you know, more often than not, uh, you're going to get an outcome that you want. But if you start to force it, Next thing you know, you know, you have 10 shots, none of what, none of which have went in the goal. And, uh, you know, it just doesn't, it just doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. So let the game come to you. Um, it's tough to do, but I think if you can do it and just play and trust those around you, it's, uh, you'll, fi you'll find it, you know, easy. I'm smiling over here because that is my same answer to that question because my dad used to tell me the same thing. Um, yeah let the game come to you. And, um, it's never, you know, it never leaves your head. Like it's when you start to have those forced games, those forced scenarios and you're like, okay, chill out. Like the game is happening, right? Like it's let it come. I think we put so much, so much time and energy and effort into what we do, right? Like it's, it's going to come naturally when you get out onto the field, like there's no reason to force it. Um, so that is very funny that you have the same answer to that question than I do. Yeah, and it's crazy. You get like, you, you know, you've had so many points in your career, and and it's like, you know, I've had quite a few as well. And just a couple. When you, when you start thinking about that, right? When you go from one game to the next game, then people start talking about records and this and that, and you're like oh, now I got to do this every game. And you're like, that's like impossible. But like, it just happens. Like, it just keeps happening and keeps happening. And I think a lot of that is just like letting that game come to you and just playing the way you play and everything else works itself out. And it's, it's like, when you think back on that, it's like, how do you do that? Game after game after game after game. Um, and it kind of just happens. You let it. Yep, just let it come. I love it. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to our quick finishes and then we'll wrap up here. So are you ready for quick hand? I'm ready. I <laughs> see, see that. Okay. Favorite movie? Top Gun. A new hobby that you've picked up during quarantine. Oh, man. It's not a new one, but okay. hadn't picked it up for years and tennis. Nice. One thing on your bucket list. I have one. What's the one? Uh, I'll run a marathon. Oh, wow. I wasn't expecting you to say that. Um, yeah. Best place that you've traveled to? Um, I'm going to say Avar, Avar, which is in Croatia. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. You been to Australia yet? No. 
Me either. Still on the list. We got to make that happen. <laughs> uh, tacos or pizza? Man. Oh, I'm going to go pizza. Cookies or cake? Cookies. If you could see one band or artist in concert, who would it be? <laughs> Current, currently? Um, uh, I've, I've been to one concert in my life. Uh, that I actually that I actually wanted to go to, and it was Little Wayne. So I'm gonna go Little Wayne. Oh, you're throwing me for a loop with these answers. Um, if okay, last one. If you didn't play lacrosse, what sport would you want to play professionally? Golf. Awesome. Um, well, that wraps up our quick finishes there. I'm glad that we finally got to what you were, are thankful for today as well, and that was the the weather. Um, (laughs) I think, uh, all of our listeners and myself, thank you so much for being here and just imposing some of your wisdom on us. Um, you obviously are so successful in the lacrosse world and it's important to know how you got there and how you continuously just continue to crush your dreams. So, um, you know, I learned a lot from you today and I know all of our listeners did as well. So really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with the KO 17 lacrosse family. Um, and for all that you do for us, uh, hooking us up with the best people in the world. Um, (laughs) so, um, thank you for being you and we appreciate you. You got it. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Uh, everybody stay safe and I will see you guys again next week. Thanks again, Rob. See you later.